The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hi there, and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape what? Podcast. What is going on? Yes, it's an American theme. Oh, that's why you've got your cowboy boots and your Stetson hat That's why I'm dressed like this. Ah, you look fabulous, though. Yeah, I should have worn other clothes, though, as oh, well. You should have done it. It's so very awkward. awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to New... Is it... Um, New York City, and there is the naked cowboy. I've um, never seen a naked cowboy no, in New York guitar, City. And he is wearing little pants, and he's wearing a Stetson hat, but he's just busking. He's famous, I think, no, in New York. Been. Well, hello, it's the Youthscape podcast. Well, you brought it. I mean, you brought that into the space. My name is Martin Saunders. And I am Rachel Gardner, and we are now going to speak with Queen's Perfect English for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, why are we talking about America? I don't know. Why are you, you talking do. about America? You oh, do I do why. know why. Because today, we sent... Well, we didn't send him today. We sent dear Mike Palin, one of our lovely podcast guests. All-time classic, I think. Yeah, we didn't, and we didn't actually send him to America either. He was going to America, and we said to him, when you're out there, will you interview some people? Just grab any Americans. Any, any Americans, interview them, and then we'll listen to it. That's very Christian conference, isn't it? Just any American voice. People will love that. Have you been to America much? I've been many times. Have you been to, like, stuff in America about youth ministry or yes. just on holiday? You no, no, I've, I've never been on holiday. Just, no, I've just only been okay. uh, for ministry reasons. So you've seen literally the inside of, like, a conference space. No, and then got on a plane no, no, and got no, back. Do you no, feel no. like you know America? I've done a bit. Actually, I've been to... That's not true. I've, d- I've done a bit of, like, travelling in California. But uh, no, I've mainly been over for the youth specialties events yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, I spoke hilariously at a youth specialties event where I, I thought that I was going to be addressing a large group of people considering they'd flown me in. And, uh, you know, it's one of those stories you should return to for your own humility as eight people <laughs> gathered for internationally renowned author and speaker Martin Saunders. So that's a moment where you just, I just bring that, when I feel a little bit big for my boots, I just conjure that back to the You're tip of my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, there were eight people at that. Because you could have so made that sound. Oh really yeah, I, it could good. have been 8,000 for all you know. No one's going to tell you. No, it was eight people. Okay. It was did rubbish as well. Did they send you the bill for the They phone? didn't, they didn't, but I was expensive. Okay. I was expensive. Um, mm. So I have been a few times. My favourite part of America is San Francisco. Unfortunately, I've only spent about four hours there. Why is that your favourite part? Uh, I just, we had a really good time, but we were only there for four hours. But there was just like, it was, you could tell it was all really cool. It was Mm. like being in one of Scrooge's dreams. You see all this stuff going on, but you knew it was going to end really quickly. Um, And unfortunately, we got, we went on one of the cable car things. Fantastic. And uh, and then and then we went to one of the piers and we saw the bridge and then we had to go and get our flight. So we had four hours there. Yeah. It was in the middle of another trip. Have you ever been to America? I have twice. Yeah. I've been to Fort Myers. Took some young took young people to Fort Myers. I don't know why I said Fort Myers. Fort Myers. <laughs> you been to Fort Myers? I have. And and it, and that's an interesting place because that the the bit I saw. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the roads all look quite similar. Right. And and I think that the space I kind of felt like I didn't quite... Like Milton Keynes. I'm a little bit like, unless you show me the town centre, I can't yeah. get my bearings. Okay. So we were staying with Christian They don't have town centres, they, No. They don't have or, centres. Or sidewalks. No, that no. freaks me out. Just amazing people. So generous and kind, but no sidewalks. So... Um, and then I've been to New York. And oh, actually, yeah. I, I got out and... 
I was I used to watch Sex and the City quite a lot and um, thank goodness you said in the city yes yeah, in the city quite yes I want yeah the, the program but when you when you get to New York and you see the kind of smoke coming through the grid the grid on the floor yeah and you look up and you see the skyscrapers you're like oh wow it is like it yeah. is in the movies it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. astonishing it is but I've never really connected with the American church around youth ministry and you have quite a bit so yeah. I want to hear is is it radically different the way that the the American church will go about youth ministry because mm. in my head it sounds like it is quite different. It is, yeah. is numbers the key difference? Because they tend to always be yeah. talking and the numbers are way larger than we're talking. Well, I'm only going to generalise here, Brilliant. of course. I think um, the youth workers I've known uh, in the US have always had much less job security than the ones in the UK. Seriously? So you, you could quite often hear of youth pastors getting fired in America. That happens much more than it does. That's not generalising. Because there's just no money? Or I because think just because they're targets. much more kind of, yeah, target driven okay. and it's not working out for us. And so the American culture is much more cutthroat and that okay. does feed through into um, the, the, the even youth ministry. I think yeah. in the UK we're all very awkward about everything, aren't mm. we? So, so you know, it's you excruciating. Lot, so yeah, exactly. We're just very passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just don't even tell someone they've yeah. been fired. Yeah. Um, so that there's that. I think it is much more inward facing because they are still just about in a Christian culture. Mm. So there are quite a lot of young people at any given church on a Sunday. And so you can pretty much, um, you know, eke out a, a, a job just discipling and looking after the young people who are already connected to the church. So I think there's much less, generally speaking, in your average uh, American church, there's much less outreach. There would be sort of peer... Uh, you know evangelism there'd be a lot of that there's quite a lot of a move to get young people to evangelize their peers one of the reasons for that of course is in America you're not allowed to go into school yes of course so you can't so one of the major mistakes I made when I spoke to eight youth workers was to tell them to go into schools and they're all sitting there going what are you talking about so it's not only a tiny group but you completely like alienated I mean I brought this up before on the podcast but I am a moron I didn't know so, um, no, so not. they corrected me. They actually stopped me mid-flow, which is, which is, I don't know if that's ever happened to you yeah. when you're speaking, but it's not helpful. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think there are there are huge similarities, uh, and actually that's why we often get you know American voices on the mm. podcast, and we get American speakers on National Youth Ministry Weekend. But also, um, there are some profound differences as well. And it is still just about uh, you know youth ministry is probably still in that the tail end of a thriving era mm. um, where lots of churches have huge mm. uh, youth groups, lots of young people going through. But it does sometimes, sometimes it feels quite out of date to, in, to British ears. I mean, like the sort of purity ring mm. culture is still a big deal in certain parts of the US, whereas here we've kind of seen the folly of some of that mm. thinking. I mean, mm. you know more about that than I do. Mm. Um, but, you know, so, sometimes we're a little unrealistic. We, we essentially... Uh, in in the states, there is this uh, thinking that Kendra Critty Dean really has come mm. out with this idea of moralistic therapeutic deism, um, and uh, and she's written about that quite a lot. It's not actually her thing, is it? But um, she's written about it quite a lot, and um, uh, and I think there is a, a sort of dualism in American culture where you can be uh, really absolutely fired up, you know, um, Bethel loving mm. uh, Christian on a Sunday. And then Monday to Saturday, it makes absolutely no inroads into your your, your mm. everyday life. It doesn't mm. feature on, on the way you live your life. And I think actually, if there's one good thing about the the winnowing of the of the British church of, and young people, mm. it's that uh, it's that actually the young people that are still 
still around yes. don't have that approach. They don't. I don't see so many young people in the UK these days who are, um, you know, Sunday Christians. Mm. I think the young people that I know are, are like Much more fully paid yeah. up owning yeah. Christians, which is things. a good thing, isn't it? Mm. So I, and that's, that is so interesting, Martin. Like, and, and I let you speak for quite a long time. You there, did, didn't you? I? Is that because you're trying to change the stats? No, <laughs> I'm trying to change the stats and elevate male voices. But also because I think actually you do, I don't know too many people who have the relationships that you have with youth ministry in the States and also your ability to kind of, kind of analyse what, what's happening so that when we hear American voices, we kind of can filter it through. Because I often find that, I, I, I find it so helpful listening to brothers and sisters across the pond because although I know the context is very different, often I find that they can ha- they can have quite a pragmatic we can do this approach yeah so if there's, if there's one thing that i hear when american speakers speak it is a come on let's do this and yeah and and it really for me and my psyche it, it unless it's a load of gobbledygook you know speakers of any nationality we can be can't we but actually often that encouragement makes me go oh yeah actually i can take a bit more of the lead and um so mike palin went and chatted with um two guys you're going to hear him introduce them and they're both um they're both fairly senior youth pastors and actually I love what they say, but I also love how they say it. They're quite refreshingly, yeah, we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this. And it's, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, it's, you sound very, pro- um, like, programmatic. Like, it's, it's that plus that equals that. But then when you hear a bit deeper, you think, no, they've really grasped what is doable for the young people in their community. And they've, and they've robustly built their youth program quite confidently around it. And they also are quite accountable to the leaders for numbers, for like this making a difference. So it's quite a different to what we often have here, isn't it? So Mike went to the States and this is what happened. Youthscape Podcast! Right. Hi, uh, welcome to uh, a, a bit of a special Youthscape Podcast. My name is Mike Palin, uh, director of the 267 Project and I was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, and I'm sort of hijacking the podcast uh, because Rachel and Martin are not here because I'm in another country. Uh, I'm currently in uh, America and having a lot of fun hanging out with some youth people here. Um, and so I just want to introduce a few friends of mine. But I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, we're in the state of Georgia, uh, a little town. It's not really a little town, a big town uh, called Athens, which is about an hour east of Atlanta. So who, who's in the room with me? Uh, this is Gage Henry, and uh, I'm a high school pastor here in Athens, Georgia, and I uh, went to school here. This is where the big university is around here. Uh, and I'm Mark Lamb. I am the group director here for our student ministries. So for if you've got middle school students or high school students, I oversee the leaders that lead those small groups. And just to, so we can help translate, so middle school, high school, we're talking maybe 11, 12-year-olds up to 18. 18, 18 yeah. So what we call secondary. Perfect. But you, you break them down, so yeah. Um, and I had the joy of watching these guys be in a very serious meeting and then beat the absolute life out of each other on the basketball court. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's a regular Monday thing, I hear. It's, yeah. it's sometimes Monday and Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> we have a basketball goal in our space, and we all care about basketball for some reason. So, so, yeah, so if you're worried, you're listening, you're thinking your church is big enough, then they've got a basketball court in their youth area. So you, you could, guys could do that as well. And who normally wins? Is it normally Mark? It's always Mark. Um, Our boss beats us regularly. Oh, he does really? not look like a basketball player, but his name is Charles, and he he works us. He's a bit quick. Yeah. Um, so I thought we'd um, 
sort of my I gave him an icebreaker question first. I said, you know, what are the three things that they think are sort of typically English? That was what I was gonna ask you. Like what if I said what do you think of the English, what would three things would come to mind? Mine I have thought about this when you said it. I think of the Queen and the royal family. I think of fish and chips. Nice. And I don't know why I think of this, but I think of custom made shoes. Like <laughs> nice leather shoes. I feel like there's some place close to the whatever the big bridge is by Big Ben. Uh yeah. Uh yeah. Um, some fancy shoe place. Yeah, they keep the molds of the shoes for all, from all the famous people. I oh, think wow. I, I think I saw it on the Travel Channel or something. Oh, I'm going to have to find out about that yeah. now. I've never <laughs> been there. Uh, Gage, what about you? What's yeah, I think the first thing I thought of was the loo. Oh, the loo, as in the toilet. <laughs> the loo and the queue, which is, you know, a line yeah. out here. And uh, tea and crumpets. Love it. I think that's it. And is it true that you, this is unfair, but you all think we know the queen like we go on first name terms and stuff like that I don't know that you know her I know that you love her <laughs> you, you think about her at least once a day <laughs> we like her more at the moment than yeah. maybe okay. a few years ago well what about the Queen's Jubilee wasn't that a thing yeah well, it was the same year as the Olympics so we went it went a bit crazy in uh, in, in London because London had the Olympics and her uh, 60th was it at the same time but wow. yeah uh, so I am um, I thought I'd ask them, these guys, uh, so Mark and Gage, a couple of questions about maybe some of the things we wrestle with, and it's always quite nice to hear a different voice, uh, a different pair of eyes, uh, and I've had the joy of being with these guys for a couple of days, and I've sat in on their team meetings, I've seen their ministry run, and it's been amazing, and my prayer was always, how do I translate what they do here back to sort of what we do in England, but I thought I'd ask them a couple of things that we work through. Um, so what are maybe some of the in terms of your young people's life, so they're probably not when they're here, what are the big things that they're dealing with as teenagers? I think more than, I'm, I'm 34. No. I'm 34. <laughs> I, more so than I've ever seen, the schedule for teenagers is just crazy. They go from one thing, to, they start really early in the morning and go really late at night. Academics are a major deal for them. Sports, major deal. Extracurriculars, they're, they're grinding all the time. Mm-hmm. And so just their margin for mm-hmm. how do you pursue Jesus is really low. Their margin for attending extra events that we schedule is, is low. Ask them to go on a mission trip. They've got 14 basketball camps in the mm-hmm. summer. So their, their schedule is literally, they're the busiest I've ever seen teenagers right now. Wow. So I think that's yeah. an obstacle we regularly face. Wow. You know, the pressures that they feel... Um, cause them to have all kinds of I feel like unhealthy habits in their life and unhealthy lifestyle choices to where now no matter what it's all about um, winning it's all about the next thing that um, to get them to college and get them the right um, grade and so they feel like they have to perform constantly from when they're 11 years old all the way until they graduate to where their performance is what gives them value the performance wow. is what gives them you know God loves them if they are successful if they are good if they are good enough for him so that's what Mark's saying I feel like the pressures yeah. they feel and if, have you had any sort of plan of attack to maybe because I think everyone in England would agree that especially where we are in the southeast in Hertfordshire it's very driven there's pressure from parents pressure from schools pressure from themselves because they want to be as good as their siblings have you had any sort of headway into maybe how, how do you help them balance it's good for them to be to want to be good to want to succeed 
but at the same time, you know, faith is is the most important thing. As a church, we, I think one of the ways we help them with their schedule is we don't do a whole lot. Right. We do Sunday morning experience and give them an opportunity to volunteer and serve in some capacity, which quite a few do. But we don't do a Wednesday night thing. We don't do a midweek thing. We don't do many. We do like four events total a year. So we don't do a whole lot, yeah. but we're in regular communication. We have a lot of small group leaders who are in regular communication and constantly encouraging their students. So we we don't do a whole lot, but we put a lot of people in their lives to try to speak truth into them in the forms that they receive, whether that's text message or whether that's going to a restaurant and getting a meal. We, mm. we try not to overschedule them from our standpoint. What else did you have? Yeah, I think just showing, we talk about show up uh, regularly on Sundays just to build that consistency, but also showing up randomly. And I think that kind of builds that um, that into this small group leader culture of, hey, I'm going to actually go after my student. I'm going to go after them just because I want to be with them. The uh, They call it the power of uh, availability, just being available. Um, but also just one of the things that we're kind of hoping to lift up a lot is we talk about just emotional health. And that's kind of one of the things that Sean, um, our pastor, kind of like emphasizes. And it's just this idea that you can't just numb emotions that you have and then still feel other emotions. So the idea of an emotionally healthy student is going to see that maybe their whole entire value isn't in the actual success of what they're doing, isn't in the performance that they're doing, but they're actually already so loved by God and they can actually fully understand his love and experience it. And so that's what, you know, through leaders and through um, what we do is all geared towards helping them really connect with God and um, in that way and also become emotionally healthy as a student. You keep hearing us say small group leaders, they're, they're our backbone. Yeah. We have three or four in each small group. A small group is probably 10 students, so we'll have three or four leaders in there with them. And what we talk about from our teaching platform is then modeled by small group leaders. Yeah. So students are constantly seeing these guys and these girls. They're like, I want to be like them. Yeah. And then they learn the way you be like them is you start following Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you want to you become like whoever you choose to follow. So we're telling if you want to follow Jesus, start following your small group leader first because they're following mm-hmm. Jesus. And then they start slowly kind of integrating some of the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think from, from my perspective and sort of one of my hearts of ministry is having that whole bunch of people that we call it doing life with them yeah mm-hmm. so so it isn't just sort of weighted on that 40 minutes you get with them on a Sunday which is is sort of compounded by the mood they've come from home or the amount of work they've got to go back to or that they've got to run off before is actually you've you've got people like littered throughout their week mm-hmm. spoke to whether that be on, on on a text or even meeting up and I think you know you see the fruit of that Mm-hmm. One of the things I think, particularly with a, a church of the size of, of Athens Church, but also of any size, is how do you help, or how do you help your church leadership be aware of what you're doing in the youth ministry so that they are for you? Because mm-hmm. one of the things I've seen here, which has been really powerful, is, is this sense that there is, you're, you're in this together, you, that your leadership are behind you. And so what what have you seen that's really affirmed that the Athens church is behind and for your ministry? We have a culture here that every Monday, a lot of churches will take off Mondays, but we, we work on Mondays and we start our staff meeting, our whole full-time teams get together and we tell stories 
and from a student minister's perspective, we come with at least a story every week. And it helps that a lot of our staff, they've got kids in our ministry, so that <laughs> elevates it helps. on their radar. <laughs> but I, about 40% of our students serve in other environments okay. in the church. So, so with kids or with tech or music or... Yeah, okay. with tons with children. Okay. So they, in where our pre-K is and our babies they have an hour of their service that they is completely run their large group is run by middle school students wow so if they don't see middle school students being developed well all of a sudden they don't have a large group experience for the pre-k kids wow. so we keep we, we want to move students out all the time so if we're not moving students out i don't think they pay attention to us and wow. i don't think we add value mm-hmm. but the more students we can get involved in everyday life of the church yeah yeah then I, I think we're winning, and I think the church is winning. So they have to pay attention to us when we're dropping students into their ministry that are healthy, that yeah. are growing. And so we're going to keep pushing them. Go go be the church. You're, yeah. you're 14, but you can go be the church right now. So I think wow. that's why they're paying attention to us. And it's interesting because one of the things that would be very different to the church in England was that you don't ever or very rarely gather together as a whole church, mainly because you physically can't, right. but also... You know, it would be very difficult for everyone to get something out of that gathering mm-hmm. because you're all in it. So the the payoff is that you've chosen to pursue this way, which is actually you get kids, young people, teenagers serving in all those areas. So actually, you do that whole church together. Mm-hmm. Maybe not sitting in chairs looking at a stage, but you're doing ministry together. And I've uh, seeing that in my head, it looked like it wouldn't work. Why would you not meet together? <laughs> but then seeing it work mm-hmm. on Sunday, and then hearing you is like. No, actually, if I, the benefits of that way, far outweigh just getting us all in the room together. Mm. So I'm thinking of we got a student who's going through a hard time, and he decided he's a seventh grader who he's probably 13. He decided to start serving in the middle of this hard time, and his mom was already serving, and they started to serve together. She moved hours so they they could serve together, and it's just been really neat watching like this kid who's in a small group with great small group leaders gets in this what we call pivotal circumstance and he chooses to serve and now he's serving with his mom that feels that's like growing the whole family they're helping mm-hmm. the church but they're growing the whole family experience so yeah. I don't know that there's many opportunities in the world where on a regular weekly basis a mom and a son regular mom and a 13 year old boy can serve together wow. that feels significant for like the lifeblood of their family not just the church yeah yeah wow and every single week uh, it's interesting you know having Sean the pastor has two sons that are actually in high school right now. And he tells us every week, he says, hey, you guys are doing a great job in high school ministry. The messages are great. The music's great. All these things. He's like, but just to be honest with you, he's like, my sons get more out of sitting across from those third grade boys every hmm. week than they do out of anything that you say from stage. And it's because that's an environment to where they literally have to reconcile their faith to then help teach these um, third grade boys. And so it's just something that we're passionate about. It's why we have two services back to back simultaneous where one can, you go to one, you serve at one. You go to one, serve at one. So that's the mentality. And just to say they do all of that in an hour and five minutes max. Now, small groups. You've talked a lot about small groups and small group discipleship. And I've, I've seen it. So I'm, we're sitting in a shipping container, yeah. which uh, the shipping container has been turned into a small group room. So there's sofas and stuff. And the shipping container is inside a building next to a basketball court. So this is one of your small group, as well as it's Mark's, your office, isn't mm-hmm. it? 
Now, why do small groups work? Because you have plunged a whole amount of energy into this small group system. Why does it work? I don't know that there's a lot of places where you can be known, especially as the world gets more digital. I don't think there's, I don't, I think it becomes more of a rarity that people can sit in a physical space and be eye to eye with people. Hmm. And we're super selective on who we put as leaders. Okay. We want to put, so we're, we are where the University of Georgia is. Go dogs. We're a really good football team here. <laughs> we finished second in the whole U.S. this year. Not first, but second. Maybe next year. But anyway, <laughs> so for a high school guy, they know that the University of Georgia is here. 65% of our small group leaders for students are college students. Yeah. So a high school guy trying to figure out who do I want to be, I don't know who I am, is sitting across from a super well-to-do college student that's doing things right, that's living their faith in a really normal way in a really big university. In, they're sharing a physical space. Yeah. Plus, like, our small groups are 15 minutes long on average. Right. But that consistently showing up, showing up regularly, buys so much credibility for our small group leaders. Almost all of them are going after their students outside of church. Yeah. So they're saying, hey, let's go to the Waffle House, which I hear you got to experience. Yeah. Um, Come on. Not gr grits, though, because grits are beyond disgusting, you weird oh. people. <laughs> Drop a lot of butter in them. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, our Sunday morning small group experiences buys credibility for a lot of our leaders to hang out with them outside of group. And then right. over time, mm. our students start to trust them. And usually the conversation starts over text. Like, hey, I'm dealing with this thing. And they're like, great, let's go get coffee. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's why it works. We, we're really selective on the leaders we put with our students. I think safety and oh, comfort, yeah. comfort mm. is everything. So when it comes to uh, a small group, uh, creating a safe place for them to talk about the things that are most uh, relevant and really probably dominating their life right now, whether that be issue like depression, anxiety, um, even something that has to re you know, relate to a relationship with someone, their parents, a divorce, anything. We just, where are they going to talk about it? You know, why not create the safest place in the church for them to talk about the things that are most affecting their life right now and obviously probably affecting their faith the most? Um, and so creating that safe place, I mean, we do everything we can to protect the environment um, with selective leaders, with, you know, making sure the expectations are set of, hey, this is, you have a, uh, an expectation as a leader to show up, to give everything you have, to hang out outside of um, church with your students, because you only have 15 minutes. And yeah. just setting those high expectations, and you'd be amazed, I mean, a lot of our college students and even our adult leaders step up to the plate, I think, better when they understand, hey, that expectation is really high set and the bar is really high just because of the value we put on small groups and most of them have experienced it themselves yeah, most yeah. leaders have already been through a small group and said that changed my life and yeah. that's why I want to do it again for the next generation and so um, that's really I mean I think communities obviously yeah. our, small, our small group leaders have to make a two year commitment at minimum Wow. so if you're going to jump into a group you have to say I'm going to be here for at least two years and then that sort of breeds then that this is important oh, so yeah. I'm going to then throw myself because you I've chosen to do this, so it's oh, really yeah. important, the value of it. So linking to that, one of the things that I've loved is the value you put on the leader, so the person that serves. Mm -hmm. So with linking to the small groups, you have really good accountability, so your small group leaders have someone that looks after them and supports them. But also, having spent an hour and a half having a great tour, 
I come across these leader lounges. I come across you know prayer walls for leaders. I come across uh, a lot of donuts and <laughs> and uh, is it munchkins you call them? The little mini ball yeah, things. Munchkins. Yes. Munchkins, yeah, munchkins. Yeah. Um, and and just spaces where the leaders can be before they serve. And then down in the the, the sort of kids bit, there was they get breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they turn up on Sunday and they're serving, they get breakfast. The value that you put on the leader says so much, and I think that's where you've seen a lot of fruit. Why? So that's my perspective. Is that what you see as well? That this, it's important because I think you said about the two-year commitment. They then it becomes it's important then. So therefore, I'm going to behave like it's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we. Financially, we invest heavily in yeah. our volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up in a really traditional church where I had a youth minister, and he was awesome. His name's Brian Prince. Shout out to Brian Prince. He's still doing his thing. <laughs> Brian was great. Our church was smaller, so Brian could know a lot of students. Gage and I, on staff, we don't know as many students, yeah. but we know a lot of leaders. Like every single about eight or nine leaders a week I'm meeting with, guy leaders. Wow. And so I'm my job is heavily invested in I'm gonna go after leaders. You go after student leader and I'm gonna come after you. So I'm pursuing leaders like crazy engages as well because we understand that you you know your ten better than I'm gonna know the hundred. Yeah. So if you if we just try to get it as small as we can. We're a big church and we wanna have a really really small Feel. Here's a story that happened two weeks ago. We had a kid show up here for the first time. And we, well, there's a lot of students that come here. Sh- showed up for the first time, and his small group leader did what we asked him to do. We said, hey, go after these students, get their phone number, and go try to hang out with them. Got the phone number and said, hey, I'll love to get lunch with you. The student's like, all right. He said, I could get lunch with you next week. And the student paused on the text message conversation and said, Sorry, man, I'm just a little thrown off and a little shook by this. <laughs> to the which the leader's like, oh, no, what did I do? He said, no, no. I w-, he goes, we don't have to get lunch. We don't have to get lunch. To which the student responded that came to a big church for the first time. He said, no, no, I'm just not used to people being kind to me. Wow. So for this one student wow. that shows up randomly, gets to meet a small group leader who we have both heavily invested in, and he came and experienced kindness at a really large church. Wow. And so we want to replicate those kind of things. And yeah. so if we have to go get special drinks for our small group leaders if we have to invest in a ton of meals with these small group leaders i can't meet that kid like chad could yeah but chad can because chad's 22 years old and that kid wants to be like chad yeah he doesn't want to be a 34 year old ball guy like me yeah. <laughs> and those i mean we have what we call coaches too so oh, we yeah. have guys who have been small group leaders for four plus years some of them even seven years from middle school through high school that are now saying hey, I want to invest in the small group leaders now. And so they're hanging mm-hmm. out with these guys outside, and their main role is to actually invest in the small group leaders as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those like little things make a huge difference and make the church, big church feel small is, yeah. is the, hey, what's your favorite late-night snack? Because at camp this year, we're mm-hmm. going to have your favorite late-night snack in your small group room. Wow. You know, we're just the little things. And, and Mark, I mean, his job description is the group's director, which means that he is leading the health of every single one of our group because that is – so much value on that that that's why we have a leader actually um, invested in it. Wow! And and I saw the fruit of that because we had a you had a baptism uh, 
on Sunday, yeah. which you did. And the guy, uh, Grayson was it, yeah. uh, got baptised, amazing story. But there was this real sense that his testimony, apart from the fact that he said he, he, he wanted a relationship with Jesus, he wanted to follow Jesus, but that is something that he had seen in his leaders that was the first bit of testimony, yeah. that it's in them following. But also the fact that these guys had poured their lives into him had spent time in him so there was this fruit of them like you said modeling faith but also the fact that they wanted to hang out with him and yeah. his experience of church was that why would anyone want to hang out with him mm. and so that was great okay one thing to finish you've got this beautiful building sadly i'm afraid a tsunami sweeps <laughs> through athens downtown athens and takes out your entire building uh, and there's nothing left um there's a couple of tents in the car park uh what 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 is your one sort of youth work tool that you're going to implement next week wherever you end up small group leaders okay we've probably got 10 waffle house in this city and we're going to go hit them all up excellent so you could take out because they're 24 hours so you yeah. could spread yourself over the 24 hours take your small group to waffle house and have a meal send us the receipt and we'll pay for it Winner. I think I think what I'd love to do too is we'd probably just film a video of us saying, "Hey, talk about this with your group," and then hopefully, yeah. uh, we have uh, an event here where we have host homes where people stay in homes around the city, and then they come together for one you know session uh, every morning, every night for a weekend. And I just envision them going to the host home and hanging out with their small group, and yeah, and just connecting on whatever we're going to we, talk we about. We literally polled our students. We said, "What brings you back?" student ministry right we did this poll a couple christmases ago and it was overwhelming the number one reason they come and we're really good at large group yeah we got great lights and all the things and we do have a ton of donuts krispy kreme from north carolina north carolina that's one (coughs) the number one reason they come back small groups yeah so if we burn it down we can do small groups anywhere and it's that value again isn't it value in the person Mm -hmm. time with the person now it's been a joy guys last thing so i asked you at the beginning what are the three things that you think are typically english so I'm going to slightly turn it on its head. What are the three things that you think the English would say are typically American? Water. <laughs> how, we say, how we say water. Uh, Instead yeah, of water. Say, yeah, like, okay. Water, water. Or water, yeah, if that. you're Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, American football. The real football. Yeah. We're all obese. We're just all. Yeah, okay. it's quite obesity. Well, Although you're not, though, which is weird because of the basketball counteracts yeah. the donuts. Uh, I think you think of Donald Trump right now. I'm afraid so, yeah. yeah. Uh, our, our political system. But I like what y'all do. Y'all yell in Parliament. I like that. Yeah. We just don't clap. <laughs> half the room claps, the other half doesn't. I think clap. we'd like to steal probably the guns from America to maybe take out some people. Oh, guns, yeah. Y'all can guns. say guns. guns. Yeah. Yeah, I don't guns. own a gun. Do I don't own a gun. <laughs> Which is weird. I was expecting everyone to like have like a gun rack next to their Bible, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So, guns, Donald Trump, and American football. Yeah. Are you, are you, and you're taking how we say water. That's your <laughs> He went a little more uh, intense there than I, I expected. But. Uh, <laughs> Gage, Mark, it's been a joy. Um, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope uh, Rachel uses it. Uh, it's a shame that Rachel and Martin aren't in the room, um, but they, uh, their passports have been revoked because of the behaviour on the last <laughs> podcast. Uh, I hope you have a good day, and thank you guys for hosting us and for hosting me. Uh, take care. The Goodscape Podcast! You know, that is only the second time in 52 
Youthscape podcasts that we've handed over the microphone oh, yes. to uh, to a roving reporter. Oh, yes. And this actually, the last time we did it, it was Ken the Creasy D. Oh, there's a theme. There is a there's theme. A it's a like theme. we don't like Americans. Oh, we love Americans. So, we so love to prove the fact, we, we do love Americans. Yes. Particularly Len Cagler. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to shout yeah, That's him. a name we haven't mentioned yes. for a while. Um, and he'll give us thorough feedback on this podcast <laughs> oh, and why, yes. why I was wrong earlier. Well, do well. it. Come on, yeah, Len. Come on. You've got um, more authority. But, uh, but we thought, because they did three things they think of when yeah. they think of England. Oh, yeah. Let's why do don't it. we do the same thing with America? So you can go first. Uh, what are the first three things that come to mind when you think of the United States? So it is pumpkins. Oh. That's one of them. Yeah. High stacked burgers. Oh yeah. And I think. Hang on, are you hungry? Yeah, very hungry. And then I think it's a smoke coming out of the the grids. The grills. The grills. Yeah. It is. It's the Manhattan thing. That's oh, that's me. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What are your three? I, well, Please I, don't do like youth ministry concepts. I know I won't. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I'm sorry. What are you gonna I say? can't not think of Donald Trump. Oh okay. No, I didn't even think of him. I did he's, not even think he's of him. cast a large shadow. Yeah, but I don't he? think of him as a regular American. So oh, I think he is. <laughs> I think he. I think there are a lot of people to vote for. I love you, America. Uh, and uh, we could go down that line. Yeah, but we're okay. not going Donald to. Donald Trump. So that's Donald one Trump. Of your that's three. enough. Um, I think Friends. The oh American gosh, sitcom, yes. Which I love. You know that. And as we uh, as we remember from the podcast yeah, you with beat uh, Phoebe, myself and Phoebe, I didn't beat her convincingly though. I'd say both of us were quite crazy questions, quite lame. Mm. Uh, and then thirdly, what about like fried stuff with cheese, which is actually a line from Friends. Is it? But you know that sort of fried food. You know, I mean, I've had some of the best meals I've ever had mm. in America. But when I went to New York, I went to I went to New York about uh, fifteen years ago. Uh, just just after 9-11, um, to the point that I even got to walk, I got a police escort and walked on oh, ground zero. Oh my so I actually, I, amazing oh. uh, uh, privilege really to do that. Yeah. But I went with a group of, and I can put this no other way, but a group of evangelistic powerlifters. A uh, group of men from the east end of London who lift weights and share. Tough talk. Tough talk. Oh, I love tough, tough talk. Tough talk. You may not oh. know, but I wrote a book with tough talk. It's no longer available. You got a tough talk. Oh, that's why did you tell me that? It's no longer that's available. Two books I can now read. I about. wrote a book with tough talk and um, and and about this trip actually. Yeah. And um, uh, so we we went to a, a various evangelistic men's events, and, uh, <laughs> and we went to a men's breakfast. You must have looked so tiny. They gave me honestly. Say? They gave they gave me a big coat. A they big... gave me like a puffed up coat that <laughs> yes. I could wear that had tough talk on it. And the rest of them filled the coats. And, and when it was me, I was it was all coat. It was just if you unzip the coat, there's this tiny little bean pole inside the coat. Anyway. That is beautiful, man. They were like they looked at I'd walk in and they're like, Really? It says tough talk on your jacket, you don't look But then you opened your mouth. Oh yeah, you're the talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, so anyway, we went to this men's breakfast and th- I've never seen you know, when you think of America, you just think of enormous portions mm. of food. I have never seen uh, a, a men's breakfast like it. When you think of men's breakfast in the UK, you sit, think of a limp croissant mm. or something. But in, in America, in New York, at Christ Tabernacle, where oh, we right. were, just it was it vats of fried food. It was absolutely ridiculous. Just mountains of shredded pigs and, uh, you know, and an egg. And it was just absolutely... Masses of food, and the, t- the the evangelistic um, powerlifters 
they went up five times for breakfast. <gasps> and because I was just, I was excited, I just went up over and over again. <laughs> for a few mushrooms. Okay. Honestly, I just kept going back. One smile. No, I just kept eating oh, more. Oh, no. Then, come on. Meat. What happens next? And then, I so I got back to the airport. It's a toilet story. No, it's not a toilet story. I got back to the airport. Have I ever told the Megan Fox story on the podcast? No, next time, next time, next time. Megan Fox next time. Because that is a... Ooh. Enormous toilet story. Oh my, oh my goodness. Right, we'll go back to that. Anyway. Producer Rachel knows the Megan Fox story. Oh my goodness. And is holding her head in her hands. I'm mid, I'm mid anecdote. Come on. Okay, so I get back Make to the airport. Make something land, I get back to the airport. Yeah. I land. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and my lovely wife sees me and she's waiting at the gate. Does with she recognise you? And she <laughs> sees me and she, her face falls and she described it as, because she was sitting in Costa Coffee just by the arrivals at Gatwick Airport, oh, and no. she described it like the moment in Jurassic Park when the T-Rex first puts down a foot and, and the, the surface of the cup of water like ripples and reverberates and she, I'd put on a stone in five days. <gasps> Martin, there's nothing to you anyway. It must, was it like a baby? It was just a, like food baby? a food baby. It was, just, it was bad. You probably gave birth that night. I mean, let's face wow. it. It must have been you horrendous. You went there. You went there. <laughs> it must have been awful. Are we, are we at the end of this podcast? Well, I, I, do you know, we we really do love our American friends. But I, I feel that we've just ended with just an awful story yeah. about food in their country. Yeah. Being the being the nation of terrible food ourselves, I don't think we can really end there. So I'm going to end with a different story. It's oh. very very brief. Producer Rachel <laughs> looks like oh come on. Oh no, okay, oh we, come we, on. We have okay. Another so my story. story is, so took these young people to Fort Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Fort Myers in the West uh, Country. Where there was one of the laws was that girls' thongs could not be seen over their pants, over what? their trousers. You could be arrested if your thong is showing above your jeans. Oh. In this particular place, which might not be the law anymore, so just put that out there. This lovely guy from the local church, who was also a police officer, decided he looked at one looked one look at my young people and said, "Yeah, your kids are going to be arrested before the end of the week because they were quite vulnerable kids and the stuff that they were involved with, which in our country wouldn't necessarily be illegal, but there it was." And so he kind of followed us around for the week. But we had this wonderful time, and one of the girls that we took, been in care, foster care most of her life, and they were placed with different Christian families in Fort Myers, and. The impact of the programme we went to see didn't really have much effect on our young people. But these Christian, these American Christian families who just took one look at our young people and went, yeah, you're my young person for the week and loved them and gave them boundaries and treated them like their own kids. Absolutely radically transformed these young people's views, not only of family, but of faith as well. And so I, there's a little corner of my heart that is like, Fort Myers, I don't understand your lack of sidewalks and your strange laws around thongs, but you know how to love really difficult North London teenagers. And for that, I will always love you. I will. I, I feel it. like I won't think. I won't think it. I was going to say. I feel like you've redeemed it. So let's just leave it there, Rachel. Back in your box, okay? Just for once. Let's do some shoutouts. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing. Um. Do we? Do we? We only got two shoutouts at the we moment. Do we? The moment. We need to have one of our little meetings on air. Yeah, we do. But we have some more. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do a shout no, out to. We've hang forgotten on. to do Alaman. Alaman, the Isle of Man people. Oh. We've not been doing them, so we need to bring them right back into the space. Okay. Alex and Amanda Brown from the Isle of Man that we've made. Alaman. Yes, I had forgotten about yes, that. Okay. Uh, so hello to you, uh, Lauren Cheshire. We love you. Yes, we do. And Princeton, you've been a bit quiet to be honest. We need you to get in touch. So. I think after this podcast, uh, they absolutely will. Be. <laughs> also, just this time, yes. we're going to do a very special shout out to our roving reporter, Mike Palin. Oh yes, thank you, Mike. Thank you for so much everything. We'll call you again in another and fifty-two episodes. And we're ignoring episodes. the invoice. We're just going to ignore the invoice. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 
you can sponsor us at patreon.com slash youthscape. You can email us uh, podcast at youthscape.co.uk. You can tweet us at youthscape. You can find us on Facebook, meet youthscape. Or you can just wait for another episode of the Youthscape podcast to, as I think they say in youth vernacular, drop. And when it was me, I was, it was all coat.